Okay, welcome. Hello, everybody out there. This is We Do, and I'm Megan. And I'm Luke. And how are you doing? I'm doing okay. Uh, there's a lot of music out today, yesterday. Yeah, you're really excited. We got the new Britney Spears album. We got the new Ingrid Michaelson album. The B-sides of the Carly Rae Jepsen album. She really just threw those out there like, hey, we've been playing these on the tour because we had a whole album, but these are also really good. Just a whole nother group of songs that are really good. That Those those are B-sides? That's a, that's a Katy Perry move. I feel like Katy Perry had one album and then she released like at least five singles that weren't on any album where she was just like, this is a really good one too. Right after she broke up with uh, her husband, what's his name? Russell Brand? Yeah. Well, what are those? Uh, the one, oh God, you know I don't know the words to songs. Aren't they all on Prism? No, they were before Prism. Anyways. Okay, I don't think we, I don't think history remembers them. Moving on. <laughs> uh, what are you up to? Uh, right now I'm uh, trying to cool myself down in this sweat lodge of a room with a lunch ice pack. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, what else am I up to? I don't know. Hanging out. Uh, we read some crazy stuff on Reddit. The, oh, the yeah. honeymoon thing. You want to talk about the honeymoon thing? Yeah. So I, as uh, regular listeners of the podcast might know, like to go to all of my wedding websites in the morning, do my rotation, check out what's going on. Um, it used to be for wedding dresses. I would go to a specific set of websites. Now that I have my wedding dresses, I go to a different set. And one of them is the red, uh, the subreddit for wedding planning. Because I like to enjoy, you know, like checking out what other people's problems are, reading the responses, etc. It's a good little community. Um, so I saw one, I don't know, when she originally posted it a few weeks ago about a woman who was getting married to a guy and she really wanted to go to Europe for her honeymoon. And he... She talked about all her, like, travel. She wants to travel. She likes to do it. And he does not. Yeah. So she was kind of at this impasse where he didn't even really want to go on a honeymoon at all. And this was like a really important part of her life and her future life. And so the initial conversation and comments and stuff were all about how she should dump his ass because it doesn't sound like they're compatible. Well, his part was all, uh, his ideal honeymoon was just taking a week off and not going anywhere and just like playing video games. So... I saw an update to this recently, a few days ago, and I sent both the original and the update to Luke because it was so incredible. So the woman who originally posted ended up having a conversation with her uh, future husband about why it really is that he is not interested in traveling because they had previously talked about traveling in the abstract, and he seemed fine with it, but once they started to talk about concrete stuff, uh, he kind of retracted. So it turns out that the groom has a very long history of abuse from his family and his family used to do all the like uh typical wonderful family travel stuff where they would go to disney world or they would go to europe and they would sightsee and the other three children that weren't the groom would have a wonderful time and then this one kid would like be forced to be like their like house he, slave he was the cinderella yeah so like he 
uh, went to Disney World with his family, and he was not allowed on any of the rides. He like waited in line and he took pictures of them and like he held all the bags yeah. and then anything that was extra like cost extra to go in he would have to wait outside yeah so like they would leave him in a hotel room if they were going to go to a museum that like cost for them to all get in which is the most sad thing i've ever heard it's crazy that's like such a what what the fuck what the fuck I don't even understand how you can get to that point as a parent. Like, you would think if you're an abusive person, you would just abuse all your kids instead of, like, just abusing one and, like, fucking up his life. Ugh. Anyways, so... And a lady said she was, like, similarly abused or something. No, she said she knew about the abuse, but she didn't realize it would come out in this way. So well, it wasn't but like... But she said, like, I, I also have this, and it... Uh, she said, like, her manifestation is that she wants to go everywhere now. Oh, and yeah. He doesn't want you're to right. go anywhere. You're right, you're right. So, um... Both of them had this. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. And it's also, like, it was truly an a opportunity for all of us on the internet as readers of other people's problems and judges of other people's situations to rethink the way that we are, um going about our daily lives because obviously the woman who originally posted if she'd taken the advice of everyone on the internet would have left this guy but instead she took the high road of being a mature adult human and had an in-person conversation with the person who this refers to about their underlying feelings and perhaps uh, deeper reasons why they don't want to do something surface level and it brought to surface, like, so many things. Yeah, he just didn't want to go anywhere because he didn't want to, like, carry his wife's stuff all over the place. Yeah, he felt like traveling was only that, only what he experienced as a child. He didn't realize that, like, he could adventure. So, in the end, they decided that they were going to go to Disney World and that he was going to ride all the rides because that's what they, a, yeah, adulthood his, and traveling is about. His family... His family would go to Disney World and he would have to not do anything. So now they're going to go to Disney World because that was the only vacation that he thought of was like, if you go to Disney World, at least you can like ride all the rides. Like he only wants to do activities where you can like do stuff, not like look at nature or try food and that kind of thing. Yeah. Because so like he gonna, needs the structure because he was left out of the structure. Now they're going to do it. They're going to... Her, her post was like, we're going to go and do that because fuck his family. He should do all this stuff. Yeah. So it's specifically like uh, returning to the scene of the crime. Yeah. And like creating happy memories there instead of sad memories. Man, it was it was intense. And it was just, it was really beautiful that like she had this like wonderful conversation with him and got to the bottom of it and like... Now they can move forward with a deeper understanding of one another. And they can travel. They can do what she wants, and he can, like, open up his mind and heart to this thing that has previously been inaccessible for him. Yeah, they have to crack it. Yeah. Crack the safe. Man, that was a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, so I discovered also this week that um, we were talking last time about registries and gifts and getting people stuff when you go to their wedding and like 
when you give people cash, blah, blah, blah. And I said, it doesn't seem that weird to me to just have everyone buy a ticket to your wedding. And then that's just that. You don't get, uh, you don't like go for free, but you have to get a gift. And then the person getting married isn't like expecting a bunch of gifts, but then like they pay for the wedding and like, who knows what's going on. Uh, and I, uh, was reading about Chinese wedding banquets and that the guests all bring, like you may know from Chinese New Year or whatever, like uh, when you give gifts, you give the red envelope that just has cash in it. And at wedding banquets, everyone just brings red envelopes and gives them to the bride and the groom and the parents. And then at the end, they open all of them and use that to pay for the banquet. And that's that. <laughs> Very straightforward. So there we go. Yeah. Cultural expectations, man. They vary. I've never been to a Chinese wedding. Well, your uncle's was, like, half Chinese. There wasn't any, like, traditional stuff in it, though. No. I mean, there was a lot of double happiness. I've been to a wedding with Chinese people in it, yes. <laughs> there was a lot of uh, Chinese elements to it. So there was, like, a lot of double happiness stuff. There was the... They gave away orchids as the... Um, favor. Yeah, a lot of that is uh, symbolism and not the traditions of the weddings in China. That's true. That is true. So I didn't know about it. Yeah, so essentially we could do that. But I don't I don't think my family would be into it. Nah. So. And I think I said last time, like, I don't actually want to do this, but it seems to make sense that you could just, like, have everybody buy tickets. <laughs> okay. So uh, I thought that was interesting. We should talk about the food tasting debacle that we went through. I think you should kind of take this one away because you have a lot of feelings about it. Uh, well, I feel I've grown as a person Yeah. through this process. Uh, so we set up our food tasting at the venue in May. Uh, let's see. Six months in advance. Yeah. So like three months ago and it's for November. And... The reason we did it that far in advance was because Luke's parents live in California and we wanted them to see the venue before the wedding. So we thought it would be a good time for them to come visit and plan like a, a East Coast trip and then they could come back and uh, see the venue with us at the tasting. Right. And they don't get to do a lot of the stuff since everything is on the East Coast and uh, it was a good opportunity to get them involved. So we planned the whole thing. They're already coming. And this week, the event coordinator emailed us saying that she couldn't, they had to move the, they had to reschedule the tasting. And her explanation was like, the chef has decided to go on vacation. So we need to reschedule it. And we were like, what does that mean? Like how, like, what I I went through a period of like what is this what is she trying to tell me like is this basically uh well we set up this thing and it's been on the schedule for three months and it's not happening still for a long time but he just decided that he wants to not do it like at what you you need you need to give me more you need to give me more explanation than like if if we're doing business then you can't just say 
uh, I just, I felt like not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> or I felt like going out of town. That's like saying like, oh, I have plans to do this conference for me. Like if I'm going to go do a conference and I'm like, just kidding. I decided I wanted to go to the beach. Well, it's like, beach. it's like saying you'll do anything and then saying, oh, I can't. And then when someone asks why you say, I didn't want to. <laughs> Like, that's not enough of an explanation. Yeah. And I get, like, it wouldn't be as big a deal if we didn't have your parents coming in from California. I would have been miffed, but okay with rescheduling if it wasn't for that. Like, and she knew that when we contacted her in May, we said, this is why we want to set it up so early. Is this possible? We want to do it on this holiday weekend. And she said yes. She should not have said yes, is the moral of the story. Right. So I called and told her this is, uh, like, I said, was there a miscommunication? Like, did the chef not know that we were already had this plan so far in advance? Like, it's not easy for us to reschedule because my parents are coming, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and we went back and forth on voicemail and email a couple times, and eventually they we're able to get the sous chef to do it instead of the head chef and the head chef is going on the vacation. And it just like the, it like nobody's wrong in the end really, except for just like, they don't, they don't do weddings at this place enough that this has happened a lot before. So like, it just, this is how they worked it out. And it's sort of like the sous chef is, perfectly capable of doing this and they just like haven't had to do it before because they don't do a lot of weddings. Uh, they're the way that they schedule is much more about their, uh, like summer corporate events and stuff. So their schedule changes a lot for the tastings. And so really she just like, shouldn't have let us schedule it that far in advance. Yeah. And so a lot of that stuff is just like, well, hopefully they will, do it differently in the future couples yeah well it seemed like she responded saying like we won't allow people to schedule this far in advance in the future right which is a good it's good feedback to be like okay i you get why this was a problem you fixed it and also you are going to fix it going forward for other people and i feel that normally in my life i would uh before this in general not say anything because I didn't, well, I like I didn't expect them to be able to set it up so we could keep the date, but it just like seemed really strange that you would just say, "This is what's on the books, and we have to move it because we're scheduling vacation." Yeah, but yeah, I was really proud of you because you are not usually the person that reacts or deals with these types of situations. I'm. I would say 80% of the time, the one that does. But neither of us wants to do it. Neither of us wants to do it, but generally I would say I have the uh, better ability to improv in these like professional conversations to either get what I want or express my displeasure. And so I was super proud of you that like you uh, had all these interactions and you didn't lose your cool and you were very clear in the way that you communicated and you knew what you were trying to get out of it. Because ultimately, we were having this all like as a text exchange while we were at work. Um, I I texted Luke and said like, "What what are you hoping to get out of calling the venue? Like, what's your goal?" And you said your goal was to have them feel like our business matters and treat us like our business matters. Yeah, like I 
you know, if, if the chef was going on vacation and they didn't suggest anything, then I assumed that we would have to move it, like, no matter what I said. But I wanted to make sure that we still have 11 months with this place. Yeah. 11-month relationship with this place. And so I want them to know that, like, in the future, they should work harder to figure stuff out for us. Yeah. And just, like, a... If this is how you deal with us right now for the small thing, we want you to be better problem solvers going forward. Because our money is the same as any corporation's money that's going there for a retreat. And also, like, because they treated us really well up to this point. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's also part of it is it was very, like, disorienting. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I wanted to communicate that uh, we had thoughts about it on our side and so that they should be aware so like when a big thing a bigger thing happens then it's not like uh well you you like didn't you fucked up our taste thing too blah 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 and they're like well you didn't say anything usually i don't but you have to so i had to say something but it's sort of like how you have to communicate with a significant other in a relationship you know like you have to when something upsets you or bothers you, if you address it in the moment, it can either get taken care of or um, you guys can both be on the same page about what happened so you can move forward and not, like, let that just, like, simmer mm -hmm. and have it, like, explode when you're in a fight about something completely different. Because mm -hmm. ultimately there's going to be screw-ups. There's going to be things that aren't, like, correct or they're going to handle something in a way that we wish they handled it differently. And now we already have this open line of communication to like give them feedback and to know that they are willing to accept that feedback. Mm -hmm. So I think it's great. I think you did a great job. I had to collect my thoughts because I don't normally do that kind of stuff. And, uh, my first instincts are to be, uh, to call and say like, what is, what is going on? This doesn't make any sense. And that's it. Yeah. That's true. Cool. So we are keeping the date and it's going to be great. I think. I think so too. Uh, I'm really like, part of it is I'm really looking forward to going back there. Like we went the one time in the middle of winter. Right. And I want, yeah, I want to see what it looks like, uh, in a, in a different time. I want to just like get, a second impression we've only been there once for like two hours yeah and it'll be nice to have other people there too both of our parents are coming so yeah. they can like get a better they can give us uh outsiders opinions yeah extra perspectives i also think they're gonna like get really psyched about it i think both of our both sets of parents are like really psyched about this wedding because you're an only child i'm the oldest this is their first wedding and like, they're, they're both excited in different ways, so it's fun to, like, see how that comes out. Like, your mom, when she invited her, like, old friend from college? Sure, I think so. Uh, she invited her old friend from college, and uh, she wanted to get her address because she lives overseas. And in the email, her email was so cute, where she was like, I can't believe he's grown up so fast. It's so exciting. Like, we're, we're really excited for this wedding. You know, I don't, I don't know if I'll believe it until the day. It was, it was very sweet. Oh, was, I thought that was the other lady that was the same. No, it was your mom. Oh. 
it was really sweet. And, uh, like you could tell how excited she was and like, I showed her my dress and you know, she, she gets excited being included. My mom is like really heavily involved in the, um, stationary. Oh, update for the stationary people. So, uh, I know you've been waiting with bated breath about this argument that we had with my parents about whether or not we could just do all online invites. So ultimately the decision that was made was we would do all paper, but we're having almost nothing to do with it. We're approving the designs, but my parents are going to pay for, uh, all the printing and the envelopes and the stamps and all that. And they're also going to handle all of the, um, addressing and mailing and stuff. So I'm pretty pumped about that because all, most of the reason why I didn't want paper was because it's a lot of work. And, uh, so they're happy and we're happy. Yeah. It's a lot of work to design them. And then it's a lot of work to physically assemble them. Yeah. I don't mind the design part as much as the physical part, but, um, but yeah, like so either of them. my sister designed our invite and it looks gorgeous. And, uh, so she was like at paper source, like calling my mom to talk to her about like paperweights and, uh, materials and colors and stuff. And so my mom is like very heavily involved yeah, they're in that like, aspect. This paper is going to feel like this and this is going to have this texture. Yeah. And I was like, I it, just pick whatever you like. <laughs> I don't know. So it's nice to like have them involved. And I think bringing them to the venue will get everybody a little bit more excited about the actual day. Mm-hmm. Get everybody pumped. Hi, Nige. He's Don't talk around. to me. Yeah. Don't talk to me. Okay, so we've been meaning for a while to talk about the Catalyst magazine. This we have both of them here. There might be more issues now. There's at only this point. two. Oh, okay. So you, Megan, got these a while ago, and we've read both of these issues. So these magazines are. Yeah, tell us the theme. They're for wedding space disruptors, which I hate the word disruptor. Mm -hmm. I think it's so annoying, but I think this magazine is pretty great. Strike one. <laughs> uh, it's a wedding magazine specifically about um, having a feminist wedding and uh, providing alternate uh, viewpoints on marriage and what marriage can look like and the the imagery is a lot different than the imagery in typical wedding magazines and all of that jazz. So, and you mentioned that they put out a survey recently. Yeah, so they That's, put out a that survey. That was our trigger for doing it now. So I figured we could have a discussion, and then I could fill out the survey, giving them feedback on their magazine. So they want to know just like what what you're enjoying and what they should do more of, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, like the types of articles that they have. Um, I would say that their second issue is far and away better than their first issue, personally. Uh, where can you find this? On catalystwedco.com. Oh, that's a terrible website. <laughs> um, so these magazines are, uh, I found that they, they do like several different things. And I don't know, like, I don't really know what my feedback is because uh, my, my biggest impression from reading these is like number one it's trying to do a lot of different stuff and so like the other side of that is but i i feel like it's working pretty well like i'm not really sure if they want to like focus more in depth on certain parts or not or whether they want it to be like a general 
wedding magazine. There's a lot of uh, photo spreads. Yeah. Um, with like quotes from the couple and that kind of stuff, but all of them are non-traditional, like non-wedding industrial complex models. So there's no like straight white couples. They're all uh, gay couples or interracial or uh, I thought it was interesting. There are a bunch of um, like older people that are doing second weddings, that kind of stuff. Uh, so all the profiles are uh, non-traditional that you would not find in New York Times weddings. Yeah. Um, I agree there's a lot of photo spreads and that's not my favorite part, but I can see how a lot of people buy traditional wedding magazines for the pictures. So it's really nice and like uh, provides like a nice breath of fresh air to see all of these pictures of weddings that look uh, different than what you see on the internet mostly. And, and that's sort of the philosophical backbone of, of this whole endeavor, right? Like to, to use the form to show what's not being shown. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, so that's, that was the main thing that I found about it. And then there are like several other things that they try to cover. So, uh, what I like the most is the tips when they have, uh, like concrete suggestions for like, here are interesting modern vows you can do. Yeah. Like based on your values, like here's something that you can add to your vows. So mm -hmm. like if you value, uh, like lifelong learning or you value, um, like faith in God or whatever, like they, they put like more egalitarian and, um, thoughtful vows together for you. And then the, uh, what I've talked to people about, uh, just like when we talk about weddings and whatever, uh, I often mention from this magazine, the profile they did of the couple that didn't do their wedding and they just took all the money that they were going to use and went on a national road trip to go see everybody that they were going to invite. Yeah. They call it the wedding victory tour, which I love. So they had like an elopement with just their parents in their hometown. And then they spent like three months on the road visiting everyone across the country. Yeah. So I think, uh, it's sort of like sides of the same coin, like tips for how you can do your wedding. And then like examples of, uh, non-traditional things people did with their wedding that you can like use for inspiration in general, uh, they're, they're like more political bent, I feel, is they do a lot of uh, culture jamming. What is that? That's like in, the, in this vein of like, here's an example of people that didn't do their wedding. They did something completely different and the values are, here's how they like wanted to honor all their friends and blah, blah, blah. But they didn't, uh, you know, they didn't rent a... A hall? Yeah, they didn't rent a huge ballroom and spend a million dollars on a fancy dress and a, a drone videographer and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then there are, like, in that vein, there are articles about, like, uh, is, a, is a white dress important? Does your dress have to be white? And then they talk about, like, when in America wedding dresses started to be all white. And does that matter? And the answer is no. <laughs> um, but you know, stuff like that, where it's like 
Whereas in a regular wedding magazine, they would talk about like all the different shades of white you can have. And I think that stuff is like interesting, but not as uh, appealing or useful or interesting to me. Like it's good, but you can, that kind of stuff is like general interest stuff you can get from like the practical wedding book or just like if you have that kind of interest, you can find that kind of stuff, I feel like. Yeah, I actually really enjoy those kinds of things because I feel like it gives you inspiration and I want to look to this magazine for both inspiration and thought-provoking discussion. Right, that's the thing with a magazine. That's why I'm, like, struggling with this because a magazine is for general interest. Like, that's the point of it. So it should have a lot of varied content. Yeah, But I do, I don't know what you meant by jamming, but I do really like that they don't, unlike that article we read about that woman who spent like $5,000 on her wedding and made you feel bad about spending any money. Oh, the houseboat lady. Yeah. So uh, unlike her, I feel like all of these uh, options that they present are very much like, this is what we decided to do and this is why we decided to do it, but you should do whatever you feel comfortable with. Well, part of like this, this... The stuff in Catalyst feels a lot more like here are examples of weddings that didn't do the normal stuff where you, uh, in our culture, that you're expected to do and that usually the expectation comes from people who are trying to sell you stuff so that you spend more money. Uh, And their wedding turned out fine and they loved it. So like sort of um, building your confidence of, like, if your wedding doesn't have X, uh, you're not going to hate it. Like, you're not going to... All of your guests aren't going to cry and hate you. Yeah. And I think it would be... When we first had a discussion about weddings and you were very um, uh, set on a lot of the, like, things that you thought weddings should be, Originally, do you remember that conversation? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would have been great to be able to give you both of these magazines and be like, "Look at all the options." There's one in here that's like a theatrical wedding where they essentially like put on a play, where they like talk through like marriage through the uh, generations and centuries and what marriage means and what it means to this couple. Mm-hmm. I hated it. Yeah, that was. I would not do it myself, but like that's a very weird thing to do. Didn't like it, right? So I, like, I do like that they talk about different, uh, like inspirations from different places. So like the the one about the Quakers and how like here are the things that people do in Quaker weddings. Like maybe you agree with a little part of this that you might want to do or something. Yeah. So I do like that. It's it's hard to like give feedback because I think that uh, I would like more concrete uh, tips, but I don't think that this magazine works if it's just that stuff. Yeah. Um, And then the the two things that I feel like are in there kind of the least, but are like the parts maybe that I feel are also the least interesting to me are uh, the like the very strictly defined uh, political feminism stuff where I was struck reading this, not just like the whole magazine is kind of about feminism and feminist commitments and weddings and stuff, but it struck me how much 
like repeatedly they talk about uh, how kind of like your wedding should be an opportunity for you to advance the struggle and you should be using it to educate all of your friends about uh, the strict political interpretation of feminism, about like how you should like that part of it is the perpetual struggle. Mm -hmm. And I did not find that to be like always appropriate. <laughs> it seemed, it seemed to me like a lot of it was, or it, it mentioned it multiple times about the, so I didn't care for that part. Okay. I thought that, um, oh, and the last thing is the humor stuff. Like they do the horoscope and whatever, which I don't think really fits. No, I don't like the horoscope at all. Yeah, it's it's hard to say what they want the tone to be, but like that stuff is the most like out of place. Slanting it towards this being like hipster and Satire. contrarian and yeah. non like nonconformist because for the virtue of being nonconformist, not for the virtue of equality and uh, practicality and blah blah blah. Yeah, like the actual reasons. One thing that I definitely want to see, I saw in the, the second volume, second issue, uh, was they talk about having a bilingual wedding. Like if you are um, from yeah, two different cultures and that had a lot of specific um, actionable tips in that. And I'd love for them to do an issue on multiculturalism and like how to infuse different aspects of your own heritage into your wedding ceremony. But then also the idea of appropriation, how so many people have like themes that have nothing to do with their own cultural heritage and how that can be a fuzzy line between like aesthetic and uh, like appropriation. Mm -hmm. I really want them to talk a lot about that because they have so many like uh, interracial couples in here and like people from different backgrounds and it's a weird fine line to walk yeah and that would help their intersectionality i think right this the the profiles i could appreciate it if they did a little bit more on uh how these people decided to shape their ceremony to like combine or blend what they their two different lives, their two different heritages, mm -hmm. etc. But I don't know. I feel like very mildly about that. Yeah. I think it's fine. I think it'd be nice if they added it, but whatever. I also think it would be cool to do more stuff about like marriage and less about like the actual wedding itself. Like they had that one article about those two people who were getting married in middle age and they had to combine their households. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. So, and I also, I think that, uh, similarly to like the humor stuff, it, if they, there's, there's like a, there's a line of how much this magazine is like a hipster magazine. Yeah. So it's, it's right there. <laughs> I think if they, because like part of it is they have this humor stuff, which doesn't really fit. They just to like. Be snarky because young people en enjoy it, and I don't think it fits. And also because part of the thrust of the magazine is uh, this representation of people who don't get represented. But like none of these people in the in the magazine are like wealthy, but all of them like 
pretty much have the same budget that we have. Yeah. Like none of these people are doing a wedding for under like $5,000. Yeah. Which I think is like class is a part that they're Missing. kind of ignoring. Yeah. So I think that should be part of it. Like none of these are uh, about like a wedding with 12 people in a public park or that uh, hilarious couple that we saw on the internet that got married on the Staten Island Ferry. <laughs> they just like had everyone get on the ferry, the ferry's free, and they just like the guy performed the ceremony while they were sailing past the, yeah. <laughs> the Statue of Liberty. And so, like, that doesn't cost anything. Obviously, if a lot of people did that, they would get mad. The MTA would have a problem with it. But, yeah. uh, like, there's, there are, uh, there's, like, a set of people that I think they could fold in if they're trying to cover just, like, people that are not covered. Yeah. Sure. Um, and that would make it less hipster to me because all of these, like, the magazine is marketed to people who have the budget that we have. Yeah. And so, like, the people in the magazine are people who are going to spend as much as we have available to spend. Yeah. It doesn't help that the it's a pretty expensive magazine. It's $15 an issue. Mm. Yeah. So it's not very accessible to people on budgets. They also had profiles in here. Like, it seemed, it seemed like a, a big part of the inspiration for making the magazine was all of the vendors that they brought together that are trying to cater to or like serve a population of people who don't want to do like standard hotel ballroom weddings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and therefore I thought there could be more in there of how, like there was one article about the lady who started her independent wedding dress shop, I think. Mm hmm but I think there could be more in there about, uh, from the, like, service provider's point of view. Yeah, I agree. Like, from people, like, not advice, but, um, what's the word? Like, perspectives from people who have, like, seen a lot of weddings, and especially if they have stuff to say about, um the different range of stuff they've seen, like how, uh, if you like interview a photographer and they do like lots of different weddings, but their main job is like, they're also like a photojournalist for a magazine or something. And then they talk about like, what is the craziest, what is the like most interesting stuff you've seen at weddings? And like you've photographed 20 weddings in a year, like what stands out about weddings having seen so many? Um, I think that would be interesting from that person's point of view, as opposed to like the point of view of the wedding photographers that are like part of the industrial complex, mm -hmm. like their client base is going to be doing completely different stuff. Yeah. So I think that would help us as people that are only going to do, are only doing one of these, hopefully. I wonder if those people are also some of the, like, um, target audience of this magazine. Because mm. they advertise their, they have a thing called the Unconvention. Right. Which is a, like, weekend-long convention of, uh, like, independent wedding vendors. 
that come together and like talk through issues and um, like make networking, whatever. Yeah, um, I guess that's true. So if they're part of the, I guess it, the, the, what the magazine makes a lot more sense if you think about them as the person reading it. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> How did you find this magazine? Uh, I don't remember, honestly. I think when we first got engaged, I Googled feminist wedding. Okay. And it came up. And the first issue had come out at that point, but was sold out. And so I ordered the second issue, and then they got extra copies of the first. I see. So should we should we reread these and record a new one, thinking that we're in the in the industry? Maybe. What I was going to say was the unconvention. Would... I need to rethink my entire thought process. <laughs> I I would really like to go to the unconvention as a bride because they have all these bridal shows and whatnot. And it'd be nice to go to one where you're like, oh, you're all like same people who like believe in the same things that I believe in and aren't going to like force me into this tiny little box. Mm -hmm. But they don't, it's closed, closed to couples. Right, It's only for professionals. Yeah. They have like offbeat wedding uh, shows, conventions, expos. They have like offbeat expos in, you know, in Brooklyn, whatever. But it kind of seems like either stuff that we still aren't going to want, like instead of enormous bouquets, it's a person like hand making all of your flowers out of like clay and paper mache and stuff. Like, I still don't want that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or it's like just a local person doing the same stuff instead of a large corporation and it costs the same. So that's like... The benefit to me is very small. Yeah. And I also feel like those are super hipstery. Yes. So, and that's not what we're going for. Right. We want more authentic in the real sense of the word and not in the, like, I'm authentic. I like the same music as everyone else. Mm-hmm. Vampire Weekend. Okay. I think we should wrap it up. Okay. Any last kernels of wisdom? Uh, if you have... A guest list tip. We're finishing our guest list. We've almost finalized. Everybody has a tip. Everybody has their systems. Do you get rid of under 21s? Do you just get rid of everybody and go skydiving for your wedding? I don't know. We're pretty we're pretty close on the guest list, but it's like it seems like something everyone kind of struggles with. Yeah. It's pretty hard. So email us with your suggestions and tips. That's something I don't have any advice about. <laughs> we just we just muddled through it. Like you do what you do. It's kind of I think hard. it's hard for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe you cracked the code. So rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or Spear Spear Cloud Stitcher Stitcher Jumper Jumper Cables <laughs> dot Audio Stop. <laughs> Just stop. Email us at we do podcasts at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. Bye.